My chain code has been encoded in this armor for 25 years. Master Windu. I take it General Grievous has been destroyed then. I must say you're here sooner than expected. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Not yet. It's treason, then. Hello, and welcome to episode 39 of Force Time. My name is Travis, and today I am here with... Hello. Hello, I'm back. It's it's Kara. I'm here. Hello. <laughs> Kara is back. It's been a couple months now, uh, maybe six weeks, seven. I don't know. Time is time is insane right, right now. It doesn't really mean yeah. anything. <laughs> like you're saying, if, yeah, it feels like yesterday, but also it feels like a, a year ago. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Kara is back. We are here for episode two in our series chain code. So in February, we put out our first episode and it was all about Chewbacca. It was a look at behind the scenes history. It was his in-canon journey. It was so much fun to dig into Chewbacca and just gives you such a better appreciation for the character. And I'm just Mm -hmm. so excited for today because we have our next character, Mace Windu. Yes. So Chain Code is a series where we are diving into different characters. Uh, Those of you familiar with The Mandalorian probably know what a Chain Code is, but it's basically a type of identification marker used to store biographical information. So they had Grogu's age in episode one of The Mandalorian, and The Mandalorian brought up a Chain Code, and it was like, what? What is that? What does that even mean? But the more you Mm -hmm. kind of learn it, you see it with Boba Fett, you see it with um, Mm -hmm. uh, he has Jango Fett's chain code in his armor. And so, yeah, that's why it's called chain code. And we chose Mace Windu. I I don't even know how we came to Mace Windu. I know that when we've picked our characters so far, it's just been a, okay, who, who first, who can we really dig into? And it's not going to take maybe like an eight hour episode. Like, I don't know if we'll ever do an Anakin Skywalker chain code because I think we would probably, that'd be like a, that'd be a 10 part series in its own. So we're kind of picking some of the, some of the characters that kind of go underappreciated a little bit. And Mace Windu was, was so fun to dig into for this one. He really was. I was, yeah, I was surprised at how much I learned and definitely have already have a better appreciation of him. And yeah, I think I wanted, I like, I thought he would be good for chain code because I knew he was cool on the surface level, but I wanted to get into like why he was cool on the deeper level. And I think we're going to do that for sure. Definitely. And he's, he's a character I've never really dug into that much. I know he's in the movies. He's in Clone Wars, obviously, but didn't really know, you know, once you really start watching the prequel trilogy through his lens, it really makes it Mm. interesting on kind of where he sits on everything. So yeah, just very excited about that. And also like we did with Chewbacca, there is a collaboration with Kara Zine into a larger world. So Kara, do you want to tell the people a little bit about that? Yeah, so my thought with our series Chain Code is that I could try to every month that we end up doing one of these episodes, which will be like, you know, every other month or every couple months, whatever, um, that I would try to incorporate the character 
into my zine of that month for um, my subscribers. So there will be a page in the April issue uh, just kind of like talking about some of the favorite moments from tonight's episode, and then it'll have a link to the episode and that kind of thing. So yeah, so we'll we'll do that probably, hopefully every time that we do an episode, there will be either a bonus or a feature in the zine that corresponds with it. So cool. The the Chewbacca mini zine that you sent yeah. out for the Chewbacca episode was the best. I, I love Chewbacca and yeah, it's such a such a nice addition to my collection of zines for sure yeah totally so should we go ahead let's start let's first off let's just who is mace windu yeah where is he from what's he like who who is he who is he to you kara that's the question right i mean he's Okay, so when you are describing Mace Windu, your first thought is he's a Jedi. Like, a Jedi through and through, that's what I think of first, is, like, Jedi Master? Yeah, Jedi Master. That's my first thought when I think of him. And his home planet yeah. is Harun Kal. I don't think of that, but I I learned that. <laughs> yes, Harun Kal, and that's another like I I don't know very much about that planet. I do know that that is where Mace is from, and yeah, he is. He's he's definitely when you think of Mace, he's he's kind of the epitome of the Jedi, and you know, totally. for better or worse, I think uh, in the prequel trilogy, totally. And you know, he's he's a major player with the Jedi Council, and he's really mm. kind of Yoda's. You know, Yoda's the Grand Jedi Master. But Mace is right behind him. I mean, he's basically his his number two, his right hand man, and it's really interesting too that we'll and we'll kind of talk about it. But he's kind of that human and acting that they need, you know, sometimes to bounce off of Yoda, especially mm-hmm. um, CGI Yoda, you know, in the prequels and everything too. But yeah, he's he's right there, and and Sam Jackson says it a hundred times. Like Yoda's the only being more powerful than Mace Windu, and so he yeah, that's kind of what that I think of. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really does. But it's true. So another thing that I think is pretty well known is that he's a very skilled light suit lightsaber duelist, possibly the greatest of all time. Honestly, I mean, I I don't know if there's anyone better, maybe Yoda, but Mace is right up there. And I think that's a pretty well known fact. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll get into it, but I think part of why he stands apart from the other Jedi is because he uses a a form of saber combat that is almost not used by anyone else really at all. So that's a, um, I think part of that, but yeah, he's wow. And you don't really, you don't really think about it until you are thinking about it when you watch it. And then it's like, Oh, Oh, yeah. Sorry. Should I curse? Should I not curse? (laughs) I'll I'll beep it out with an R2D2 sound. Oh my god, perfect. But anyway, yeah. yes. Another thing, and I think a lot of people think of, about this when they think about Mace Windu, is that he's kind of a jerk. I, you know, he he's very he his bedside manner is not very good. Maybe I'll put it that way. He's, you know, his his customer service isn't isn't great in how he deals with things. But I think that he does mean well in the end. I think that, you know, he's very into his beliefs and 
fighting for what he thinks is right. And I don't think he wants anyone to get in the way of that either. Yeah. I think that the word that I would use would just be kind of stubborn a little bit, you know, and arrogant in a way that I think plays into what we'll talk about later with his relationship with Anakin, because I think they're both stubborn and arrogant in different ways. So it's like, it's almost their similarities. I think that lent to that clash in addition to a million other things, obviously. Yeah. And kind of along with that, as a general in the Clone Wars, he is an an incredible war general. He's very reluctant in everything that they do with the clones. But when he has to do it and he's for, kind of forced to be a general, he commands the clones like no other. And we see that a lot through the Clone Wars. But yeah, he is mm-hmm. he's definitely and you know, top tier Jedi maybe the greatest of all time lightsaber duelist, incredible war general. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, a little stubborn. That's a good way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's like the surface level of, of who he is for sure. Definitely. Okay. So let's go ahead. Let's start in before we get to his in canon journey. Let's go ahead and Mm -hmm. talk about his behind the scenes history. Why did you want to be in star Wars? Why? Yeah. I just remember going to that movie opening day in New York City and you know everybody's sitting in there everybody's smoking weed and then all of a sudden it comes on and then all of a sudden it's a ship 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 and then it like goes into hyperspace and we're like oh (laughs) and it's crazy and then they're in this uh, intergalactic bar and it's all these different kinds of things that you've never seen before people hanging out and big things little things furry things (laughs) one-eyed things five-eyed things it was like oh this is Okay, this is the kind of movie I want to be in. <laughs> okay, so what was George's inspiration for Mace Windu? So this actually has a long history of the name Mace Windu that I've heard this story told so many times, but mm. Mace Windy, right? Mace Windy was an original Star Wars character in 1973. I love it. It was in the 1973 story treatment when it was called The Journal of the Wills Part 1. And Mace Windy was a Jedi Bendu and was pretty much like one of the main characters of this story. He was at one point possibly a character that was Leia's brother. And then, of course, in classic George Lucas fashion, nothing goes unused. And even before before we get to the prequels with Mace Windu, there's another Mm. Mace in the Star Wars universe. And that is Mace Tawani from the Caravan of Courage. I did not know that, but I am happy that I do now. <laughs> and I, I haven't know- seen Caravan of Courage yet, but you know, it's coming to Disney plus we're going to watch it with Jedi club. It'll be my first viewing. And I'm very excited to meet Mace Tawani. <laughs> yes. I, I totally agree with you. And yeah, it's coming to Disney plus here in a couple of weeks. And it's mm-hmm. not, I didn't find it confirmed anywhere that George Lucas was like, okay, well I have Mace Windy. So I'm going to call this character Mace Tawani. But I mean, coincidence, I, I, you know, it seems pretty obvious to me and I don't know if in his head he was like, well, I'll never use this character. So let's throw him into this. Um, right. But that's a very interesting little connection there. It is. And I think like there's so much of that in Star Wars. Obviously, like you said, nothing is ever thrown away. And so you, you all, you'll see a lot of stuff come back later. And I think that's one of my favorite uh, occurrences of that, of bringing back a character from like the very beginning concept of, uh, of Star Wars. And just Mace Windy is 
Yeah. Just really good. I feel like that would be what like Jar Jar would call him or something. Like it's just good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. Uh but yeah, other than other than that, you know, with with Mace really dating back to the original story treatment for the prequel trilogy, there's not a ton of concept art that looks different than Samuel L. Jackson. And there is one out there that I've seen before and especially digging into this episode and it's by Ian McKaig and it looks kind of like a Pharaoh. Have Hmm. you seen this picture? I don't think I have. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. It looks nothing like the Mace Windu we know, but it looks like a Pharaoh with um, like a crown thing over his head. You're right. I'm seeing it right now. I'm seeing it right now. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, but that was like an, a really early drawing of Mace Windu. Huh. It's kind of, it's very beautiful. It's very, very 70s. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's interesting, though. Hmm. It is. So over the years, after watching the Ewoks and all this other stuff, you know, the opportunity presented itself. I said, you know, George Lucas, and it happened. You know, wish fulfillment. We all know who Mace Windu is. We know Samuel L. Jackson one of the most famous actors in the world, one of the best actors in the world. And before Sam Jackson got the part that Kara's going to talk about here in a second, it came out and I don't know how long ago this came out. I know there was a Rolling Stone article that Mm. Tupac Shakur actually auditioned for Mace Windu, which is kind of blew my mind when I saw that (laughs) because this, I think the Phantom Menace started filming in 1997 and that was the same year that tupac unfortunately got shot and killed right and but he did say that he did audition for the part so he read for mace windu's part which which i thought was just super interesting because tupac was like a really good actor and he was really up and coming at that time and i think that he would have killed this part too but obviously Sam Jackson was like the choice, but I don't know. Tupac would have been, would have been pretty cool too. Yeah, it would have been, it would have definitely been different. I think if only because Tupac was maybe a little younger. Was yeah. he possibly at the, yeah. at the time? But, but, um, but that would have been really cool. I mean, I think there's no doubt that if, if he had continued on that, he would have definitely done like so much more acting. Cause you're right. That was like, really happening for him at that time that's so cool (laughs) i agree i agree r.i.p do you want to go ahead bring us into samuel l jackson yeah let's talk about him right the 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 man the legend he is truly a legend so samuel l jackson plays mace windu in episodes one through three obviously he is also the voice of mace windu in the clone wars movie and then he appeared in the rise of skywalker as a voice only uh in the ending the you know the part <laughs> don't you yeah i don't have to say you all know <laughs> yeah. um so a, a fun fact that i i found that i really liked was that he is the he's number two on the list of actors with the highest grossing movies like grand total when you take all of his movies into account he's number two only to stan lee who is number one which is just funny because he's obviously been in every marvel movie so that's yeah so he's number two and then just a side note in that top 10 there are three other star wars 
uh, alumni. Warwick Davis is number seven. That was very interesting. Alan Tudyk is number eight. And Andy Serkis is number 10. Uh, So anyway, uh, Samuel L. Jackson is a big fan of telling the story of how he got the part of Mace Windu. And I definitely encourage you to like look up some interviews. He basically tells like pretty much the same story every time, but it's a really, it's a really cool story. So he was on a talk show at some point and they asked him uh, what director he would want to work with. And he mentioned George Lucas and said that he really wanted to be in Star Wars. And he was filming a movie at, uh, at this time uh, where he was very close to Skywalker Ranch so he got a call that said that George wanted to meet him. So he just like went and had a meeting with George and George asked him, what would you want to do? And he said, literally anything like just put put me in one of the stormtrooper suits and I'll just walk by like I don't care. And so George was like, OK, we'll figure something out. So then when they were shooting in London, he got a call to go and he hadn't even seen a script yet. So he had no idea what he was going to be doing at this time. And he said he showed up at London to, to for his costume fitting and they bring in these robes and he didn't think that they were for him. And then the costume uh, person was like, okay, we're going to try these on. And he was like, oh, I guess I'm a Jedi. Okay. And he was like insanely excited. Um, and then when they he read the sides and they started shooting and he met Frank Oz and he said he was just like beside himself. And uh, and then someone came in with the box. You know, we all saw you and McGregor uh, pick from the box in the beginning documentary. So it was the box of the saber hilts and he got to pick his. And he was like, I saw one interview where he was talking about it, where he was so cute, like how excited he was. And uh, and he said that he felt like at least he said this talking about the revenge of the sith like final fight but i think in general it applies that he said that he like had always wanted to play a swashbuckler like an errol flynn type so he felt like he had been preparing for that for his whole life like as a kid they would get sticks and like play like sword fighting so he was like super excited uh and yeah so it's cool to hear that he was like a fan that ended up having this like super legendary role in the prequels it is sam jackson is such a legend and (laughs) the fact that he just went over there talked to george is like just throw me in like i just want to be in it and then he makes him a jedi he goes across the sea you know he he flies to london still doesn't know what he's doing and yeah comes out with the mace window just the coolest story and you're right about the interviews if you want to if you're having a bad day, go <laughs> literally Google Sam Jackson, Mace Windu talk show. And there yeah. are so many interviews where he talks about Star Wars and he just loves it. Like one of the most famous guys in the world. Like that's all he wants to talk about. I feel like before recording this, like I, I feel like I've seen a lot of those interviews and things, but mm-hmm. when you really watch him, it's just, he just, emits so much positivity and he just you could tell it's just like a dream come true for him and that that's all you want for somebody you know is to yeah to live for out sure dream. so totally, it was yeah. so, so good so i get to london and i go into a dressing room and um i thought it was somebody else's dressing room because that was like a jedi robe and some boots and all this stuff in there then the fitter comes in and says okay those are yours try those on i'm like oh i'm a jedi right and they were like yeah 
So I tried on my, my Jedi costume, like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And I go down, and then this guy comes over, you know, it's time to shoot, and I got my robes on, and he opens the halibut and says, okay, choose your lightsaber handle. And it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> So I was I was gone at that point. And another another story that he loves to tell and that people they love to ask him too. I don't even know if it's that he loves to tell. I think I mean, he definitely loves talking about it, but I don't know if, you know, it's it's more on the talk show hosts that they always ask him how he got really the purple did. lightsaber. So it's like almost every interview they're like, "Okay, let's talk about Star Wars." And what we have to first talk about is how did you get that purple lightsaber? It's the only one ever, you know. And so Obviously, his lightsaber is very distinct. It is the purple lightsaber in in canon that we ever see in the movies. Mm-hmm. I know one other purple lightsaber, and that resides in my house. My daughter's at Galaxy's Edge. She built a purple lightsaber. So yes. shout out to Mace for like having having a purple lightsaber so they could have that in Batu. So Sam Jackson, he was watching footage of Attack of the Clones. This wasn't something that before they filmed he came up with or asked about it was during filming and he saw the geonosis battle and Mm -hmm. he wanted to be able to pick himself out and so he told george asked george and it's on camera and this is a very famous clip but he asks george while being recorded i think it's on ahmed best's little show that he had or that little like clip show that he went around i think that's what this is from because ahmed best it looks like it it looks like it might have been that. The only reason I think it might not have been that is because the film quality of that moment is really good. And the yeah. film quality of Ahmed Shorts is not so good. So it might yeah. not have been exactly that, but it was definitely in that time period. Definitely. They should have got Ahmed a better camera for that because it was such those, a cool series. Those and man, are the best. Oh, talk about a different episode. Yeah. Talk about emitting positivity. Like that's Ahmed best is just so good. But yeah. So basically he straight up just asks George about getting a different color. And and George is like, well, you know, good guys are blue and green, bad guys are red, you know, very simple to George. Like he's just in it. And he asks him about purple and, you know, he's like, oh, you know, we'll see, we'll see. And so later he randomly showed him that they superimposed purple onto his lightsaber and just blew Samuel L. Jackson away. And it's, I, I'm just, I don't know, very thankful for the purple lightsaber because it, it, it just, it's a very good talking point for Sam Jackson in these, in these uh, interviews. They love to ask him about that, but yeah, it gave us, gave us such a distinct thing. And then another thing that he loves to tell and that they love to ask him about too is on his lightsaber hilt. It has the inscription BMF. And I won't say it the whole thing because this is a family friendly show, but it says BMF on his lightsaber hilt and he keeps that. And yeah, he's very, very proud of it. I love listening to Samuel L. Jackson talk about that purple lightsaber. It's so good. And honestly, that that little like 30 second clip where he's talking to George about the the color, like, please, everyone go look it up. It's like I watch it all the time because it brings me so much joy because he just says he just says could it be purple and george just goes yeah you, you might have purple and then and then sam like turns his head and he's smiling and it's just it's so cute <laughs> i love it so so, so much yeah, we had to talk to about your light color your lightsaber color oh well good guys are good guys are green and blue bad guys are red that's just the way it works 
There's no purple left? You, you might get purple. I love it. And then you you found another fun fact about his yes. lightsaber because, like I said, we didn't see Mace Windu with a lightsaber in The Phantom Menace. He, he plays mm-hmm. a small role in The Phantom Menace. And then they didn't make his lightsaber purple until they were filming the movie and editing the movie. So what's what's this fun fact that you got? Yeah, so this fun fact comes courtesy of Sean Mackery. Shout out to Sean. He is the best. Um, but he, I asked him, uh, do you have any like cool tidbits about Mace Windu? Because I knew he would. And he was like, oh, he was like, there was a game where he had a different color saber. So there was a, a, a game that was a Phantom Menace tie-in game called Jedi Power Battles. Um, and anyone who knows me knows that I don't know anything about video games, but I'm sure that more of you do. But it was Jedi Power Battles, and it w- it came out in April of 2000. So, yeah, at the time, we hadn't seen his saber blade yet. I think he had a hilt, like, you know, hanging um, off of his waist or whatever. But um, so it's blue. And he's on, like, the cover. of One of the covers of the game It's blue. And I found, like, a screenshot. Um of the like character selections screen and it's it's blue as can be so that's just really like a, a fun thing because it's just like that conversation hadn't happened yet and uh so it, it's just it's weird to see him with a blue lightsaber yeah and at the time you know george is probably just like oh good guys are blue and green and bad guys are red so there you go right. <laughs> and then another thing that we found in our research and i should have looked on my shelf, but Mace Windu action figures. We have to talk about this. And I posted a picture of it the other day. I didn't zoom in on his face, but this attack of the clones, Mace Windu figure that I have is so bizarre. It he's, it's one of those ones where he does like a a slashing motion where he's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can pull him and he like goes to the side and he is letting out the biggest scream that you'd. and, And on this action figure, his eyes are closed on the actual. I was going to say it's like it's like an eyes closed scream. Yeah, and mouth like wide open, like he's like it looks like he's getting like stabbed by a lightsaber, not stabbing someone. It's yeah. completely bizarre. And then you found was it a Hot Toys figure that you saw? No, it was uh so again, shout out to Silver from Star Wars Thrifting sent me a bunch of copies of uh, Star Wars Insider just to add to my like magazine madness. And there was one in there that was like it's like a celebration two special from like Suncoast videos. It's as amazing as you think it is, but there was an advertisement in it for a bust of Mace Windu, and this was pre-Attack of the Clones because it was celebration two. Um and in the on the it's like a really nice like bust it's full color but he's screaming <laughs> and it's just really it's just strange so i looked up like you can find there's one website where they have every single mace windu action figure and you can like see the different pictures and it really is your the one you have really is i think the only one where he's screaming and i think even in the revenge of the sith ones where he's they have like lightning wrapped around him on some of the figures which is really cool he's not even screaming in those so it's just like a very strange little thing i don't know i got nothing it's It's so it's just so wild (laughs) the the set of toys that this comes with too it it is it's count dooku and then it's jango fett so it's obviously from the Hmm. genosis battle scene which is 
wild to think about too, because these toys came out pre-movie. So it was like, okay, well, there's going to be a big battle scene in Geonosis. And Count Dooku looks all calm and collected. Like Jango Fett looks all cool with his little um, fire, whatever, Dang. fire shooter. <laughs> yeah. And, and Mace Windu like, fire looks shooter. like, looks mace windu looks like we've never seen him ever because he's not a screamer he's cool no no he's yeah chill chill as can be i don't know it's just one of those mysteries i guess (laughs) (laughs) for sure we have one other person to talk about and that is Terrence Carson and Terrence Carson, TC Carson voices Mace Windu in the Clone Wars, both animated series, several video games, including Battlefront 2, Revenge of the Sith and Galactic Battlegrounds. And yeah, he plays a huge role. He He's in over 45 episodes of the Clone wow. Wars. And again, something we take for granted, Mace Windu in general, but TC Carson absolutely kills Mace Windu. Like he's so good in the Clone Wars. And totally something that I didn't even know. And I'm so, again, so glad we started digging into this, but TC Carson, he's from the sitcom living single and he plays Kyle Barker and living single is one of the best sitcoms of all time. (laughs) And me and my wife talk about it all the time. And when I started research, I was like, seriously, that's, that's who voices Mace Windu. I just, that blew my mind. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. That's so cool. And he was a big star Wars fan before he got the part, but he didn't realize really what he was getting into also is what he said in some interviews is that, you know, like a lot of the actors are like, yeah, I love star Wars growing up. And then they get in it. They're like, Oh wow. Like star Wars fans are nuts. Like this, this is a big deal. <laughs> and um, yeah. the, the thing that uh, in one of the interviews that I watched that really stood out was, he talks about how Dave Filoni, when when he got hired for the part, he told him, like, basically point blank, we don't want you to do a Samuel L. Jackson impression. That's not why we hired mm-hmm. you. We want you to make this character your own. We don't want it to just straight up sa- sound like Samuel L. Jackson. We want this to be Mace Windu played by you. So, and And I think that he just, he did such a great job at making the character his own. And it really made me think of Solo with... Alden Aaron Wright. It's like, okay, we want you to do Han Solo. We don't want you to do a Harrison Ford impression. And he did not do a Harrison Ford impression. He made that character his own. And TC Carson just, I, again, you go back and you watch and even, you know, season seven of the Clone Wars, you just take it for granted because, you know, he he doesn't play the part, you know, like he's not, you know, in as many episodes as Anakin and Ahsoka. But he's in a lot of episodes and he he's just so good. Yeah, I agree. And and I think you're totally right. Like, it's not an impression at all. And it reminds me also of like Donald Glover. I don't think Donald's doing a Billy D impression either. You know, he really made it his own. Um, and yeah, so but like when I hear Terrence, I never question that that's Mace Windu. You know what I mean? Like, it, I think the way that he did it, uh, it totally flows with the character and it's really yeah definitely taken for granted and and deserves more attention (laughs) i agree that's what one of the first things i said to you is like we don't talk about 
him as a fandom like nearly enough and he's been involved mm-hmm. in star wars for a long time and yeah i just he's he's very good um definitely next time you're watching clone wars appreciate mace man because if you watch it from his point of view he's he's very good and he really he playing him in 45 46 episodes gets to give him more character and that's the same way with a lot of the animated stuff it's like we see more of anakin in the clone wars than we do in episodes one through three and it's the same thing with mace windu where we get to see his character kind of loosen up a little bit in certain areas you know we actually get to see him smile here and there and you know <laughs> it, it just gets a gets to do some more stuff with his voice which is which is really good yeah for sure with respect chancellor i believe this creature could pose any number of dangers bringing it here to coruscant is a mistake oh i assure you i did not make this decision lightly master jedi the sooner we unlock the Zillow Beast secrets, the sooner we can end this terrible war. I hope you're right, Chancellor. Before we get into his in-canon journey, Mace Windu also has a very long history in Legends and in non-canon things as well. And he has some very interesting stories and backgrounds that I wouldn't say are necessarily ruled out. By mm-hmm. what we've seen in canon, I think a lot of it could still yeah. apply for sure. And and they do that a lot with a lot of the characters. But yeah, in Legends, the story behind his saber is a little bit more complex than what we know of his in canon character. Yeah, and on and like you said, like this could still be the story. It's just never been uh, spelled out the way that it was in Legends. And I'm personally like, I don't know a lot about Legends at all, but... Every time we do something like this or I do one of my like in-depth zines, I always dig into it a little bit. Um, And I always like find stuff that I'm super interested in. And then it makes me want to get into Legends more. But um, but yeah, his his uh, saber in canon, we just he just kind of has it. And I don't think we really hear the story so much of him building it. But in Legends, it was like a whole thing that he was having visions of the saber that he was supposed to build he was like four like four, 13 or 14 and he kept having visions of this saber but he he wasn't able to build the one that he was envisioning in real life and then it so he asked for a challenge in order to be able to like deserve it kind of so he went to this planet and i'm gonna kind of get lost there and it's not really important but then they ended up uh, that's how he received the the amethyst kyber crystal and built the saber so that was just super interesting to me that it was like that he saw it in his mind before before he was able to build it and then he had to kind of make reality match up with his visions Uh, i thought that was really cool and then another legends thing that is sort of in canon it's been mentioned in canon but not as much as in legends is shatterpoint and um that's a it's a really interesting like force phenomenon that is like it, certain force users can can visualize these fault lines that are almost like weaknesses in the force so he says in a in a dooku comic which again i believe is legends he says i sometimes can see the weak places in an, op- an opponent shatter points where the unbreakable can be broken they can occur in individuals and in events so he it, he sensed, in Legends at least, it's said that he sensed these in Dooku, and then he saw several converging 
in Anakin, and then he eventually started to see them insidious, these like weaknesses in the force. That was super interesting to me. And I think that was part of the visions he was having was coming from these like from this Shatterpoint thing. Just look, go to Wikipedia and look up Shatterpoint and read the Legends tab. It's very cool. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Definitely. And Shatterpoint is a Clone Wars novel too, all right. in itself. That I've I have not read that novel, but and I'm I'm the same way. I'm not like super familiar with Legends. I'd read a couple books when I was younger, but even now, if I read a book like a month later, I'm like, what happened in that book? I can't remember that. You know, I don't know if that's just my reading comprehension is bad or, or what. But I'm right. kind of that same way with Legends, where I don't know. But that's a book that I'm very interested in, and I've heard a couple people talk about that, like on some podcasts that I've that I've talked about. And um, mm. Quinlan Voss has a very specific thing like that as well. And yeah, so that's yeah i'm glad we kind of talked about that because yeah i think mace windu especially you know his his journey in the movies isn't enough for me now because it's so (laughs) short and you know his screen time is kind of on the lower end and i just i i'm at the point where i'm just like i want more mace i want to know what he you know fill in the blanks for me so yeah no that's good to know for sure So let's move forward into the first uh, film appearance of Mace Windu, which was, of course, The Phantom Menace. Uh, What role does Mace play in The Phantom Menace? So The Phantom Menace is definitely Mace's smallest role. We don't really see him too much in action. Uh, He's kind of just at the Jedi Temple for the majority of the movie. He actually doesn't even appear until an hour and 24 minutes into the movie, which if you can imagine, you know, as a kid, I, I... didn't know much about Samuel L. Jackson when I was 11 when this came out. But can you imagine going to that movie and being like, oh, Samuel L. Jackson, like biggest movie star, you know, like one of the biggest movie stars in the world. And he doesn't even show up till an hour and 24 minutes in, into the movie, which if it's me, even, even if I was an adult at that time, I would still, I wouldn't even notice because it's just, oh my God, Star Wars and just <laughs> action, just all sorts of stuff happening. But yeah, you can, you can tell he's a, a really big deal in this movie, but he doesn't really have too much to do. Um, He's, he's kind of for sure playing Yoda's right-hand man in this one. Mm -hmm. So what are some of his most significant moments in the Phantom Menace? Well, his very first intro is his line that kind of gives you a good idea of what we're dealing with, with Mace, which basically is, I do not believe the Sith could have returned without us knowing. I tried to do a little of his inflection there. Um, which is <laughs> when Qui-Gon comes to them to tell to the council to tell them about what happened when they were leaving Tatooine and that Maul attacked them. And well, he, they don't know it's Maul at the time, but you know what I mean? So that's his first, his very first like line is kind of like skepticism. <laughs> yeah. And that, that definitely gives you a very good look and that, that doesn't change, you know, even with him having a small part in this movie, that is one thing that, hundred percent like first scene of revenge of the sith it's the same thing that we see from mace basically and For it's sure. just as an audience member you're you're just super frustrated because you're like ah oh, like you know the sith are back like how do you not see this but you know they were blinded so yeah and then we move on through the movie and this is where he has his first run in with anakin and him and anakin have a long checkered history uh, to say the, the slightest but Qui-Gon is 
sure that Anakin is the chosen one. Mm -hmm. Um, But when he goes to the council and tells them Mace and Yoda are both kind of jerks to him and like, no, like, what are you talking about? The chosen one, like, you know, that, that can't be. And so Qui-Gon like really wants to test him, you know, to be a, a Padawan. He wants to bring him into the Jedi order. And so Mace is the one that makes the decision to get Anakin tested so they they do the little bit they do the little test where they you know have him they hold up the cards and he has to (laughs) say what's on the other side of him and he nails the test obviously um but then later mace is the one that tells them that anakin will not be trained he's like he's too old not gonna happen and Mm -hmm. again that's that's mace's character for sure yeah definitely and then the the next time we see him is at qui-gon's funeral where he has the conversation with Yoda asking about the rule of two or Yoda tells him about the rule of two. And then he says, but which was destroyed the master or the apprentice. And that's the big, which the is, big cue. Yeah, that is the big question. And I actually just listened to blast points episode about star Wars endings. And mm. they bring this up where a lot of people say that that, is where the movie should have ended and that the parade thing shouldn't have been a thing because really the Phantom Menace, like it does, it's like they said it really well, but it's like all these super sad things that happen, like, like all these bad things happen in a row. But then at the end, they still have this like big parade and it's just like, I don't know. So I, and I could see if they left it off like that, but again, it's star Wars is back after 16 years, after 16 years, it's back and you're going to end it on that note. Like, Looking back, it would have been really cool to end it on that line, like who was destroying this, like a, a cliffhanger kind of, but yeah. in true George Lucas fashion, like he has a big celebration at the end. And yeah, and Mace is there too. On, right. At, but also, at, I, think, on I think I think Blast Points touched on this about that moment too, but the the fact that it was like sad thing, sad thing, sad thing, and then this big celebration, it just makes it even more sad in a way in the long run, you know, because it's like, it's showing that manipulation of just basically the whole galaxy, you know, how it's that, that it does feel like a victory when in reality it's, it's a victory for the wrong people. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And yeah, the fact that that song is Palpatine's, you know, that's a well-known fact that that's Palpatine's wow. theme sped up and like in a happy, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. But yeah, at the very end of this movie too, when they're on Naboo, this is one of the biggest con- controversies <laughs> in Star Wars like lore is that there's a scene as Palpatine's getting ready to say to Anakin, like, oh, well, watch your career with great interest where the Jedi are there too. And mm-hmm. there is a stand-in possibly it could be another jedi but it it, he's in the same outfit that samuel l jackson wears as mace windu in the background have you ever seen this because it's it's a very uh, it's a contentious point for people that okay it could be a different jedi no that's definitely just a stand-in and i don't know where the truth is i don't know if anything's been confirmed I haven't seen it, but I'm definitely going to look out for it now. I didn't even realize that Mace Windu was there, although obviously it makes sense. But, hmm, that's that's interesting. It's so it's such a weird thing. It's one of those really little things where it's like, ooh, one of the biggest movie mistakes in history. Like, you can see this stand-in, <laughs> like, clearly. And it's like, right. what? Um, but what do you think is girl going through 
Mace Windu's head. Cause yes, he is there. Boss Nass gets this big orb, holds it in the air. What do you think is going through Mace Windu's head at this point? I think he's just, I think he's probably still like his mental state is still in that conversation with Yoda of like, what was that then? If they're really back, if this is really happening, what's going to happen next? Like that kind of thing, you know? I think he's always trying to be like steps ahead. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's impressed at all with boss Nass's big, like celebration at the end and like all these weird animals and like just this whole parade. I just, he's probably just like, what, why are we, what is this all about? Like all this (laughs) bad stuff just happened. Yes. We won this battle, but like, this is not over. So yeah, I, Mm -hmm. I think you're right there too. There's no doubt. The mysterious warrior was a Sith. Mm. Always true there are. No more, no less. A master and an apprentice. But which was destroyed? The master or the apprentice? So next up, obviously, is Attack of the Clones. And this is, there's some pretty good mace action, obviously, in this movie. Uh, He has his most screen time in Attack of the Clones, around seven minutes. And uh, yeah, what else? Yeah, he he plays a major role in this one, and we really get to see him in action. He's really going back and watching it again through his lens. He's really the through line of the entire movie for the role of the clone army, because he starts the movie saying to Palpatine, the Jedi are peacekeepers, not soldiers. Mm -hmm. And then he ends the movie super reluctantly leading five battalions of clone troopers on Geonosis at the very yeah. end of the movie. And and the way the way Samuel L. Jackson plays it in this entire movie is is so good just to watch him and just like watch mm. him work. Because again, most of his scenes are with CGI Yoda. And you know, we always talk about Mark Hamill, how he was so good against the puppet in uh Empire Strikes Back and Return of the yeah. Jedi. But Samuel L. Jackson with Yoda in this is just brilliant and some of the little facial expressions he makes and just the reluctance that he shows while mm. leading the clones and things like that is just just so good for sure so another obviously huge part of mace windu's appearance in attack of the clones is his lightsaber fighting uh obviously he does some pretty intense good stuff in this movie and um and this is one of my favorite like favorite things about the character and one of the things that like interests me the most about him and i do think that maybe this had a bit of a different um or a deeper history in legends but it has carried over into canon and that is his lightsaber fighting style so he mace windu uses form seven uh, which is the, I believe it's pronounced Vapod variant. I've heard it pronounced a couple of different ways. I'm going with Vapod. Um, and it's something that he developed uh, with, I believe, another Jedi. They've developed it together. And it draws upon anger and passion, which is so like the antithesis of like everything we know about Jedi. And that's why I think it like freaks me out and fascinates me so much. And it, it also can utilize the dark, that same dark feelings from another, the person that they're fighting against. 
So I feel like he might use this more in one-on-one battles versus obviously when he's just like cutting down 40 million battle droids. But um, but it's this style that is like something that really, really few Jedi were ever able, if if any, were ever able to master without ending up turning to the dark side because of that, the way that it makes you kind of dance between the line of the light and dark sides of the force. Um, I think it's something so interesting about the character. And I think it also, we'll talk about this later, I think, but like, I think it also shows how strongly connected to the force he was in comparison to like anybody except maybe Yoda, because he's able to dance on that line, you know, it's just so fascinating to me. He is. He's flawless. Like, he is mm-hmm. almost flawless with his lightsaber. And it's so cool to finally see it. And, and it just comes to him supernaturally, which it kind of does. You know, he's a force <laughs> user, supernatural. But, um, but yeah, he, he, has, he has a lot of action throughout this movie, which is so good to see after we don't see him really do too much in The Phantom Menace. But he also... Him and Yoda, this entire movie, are just extremely blinded to the dark side. Mm. Like, they still have no idea. You know, it's been 10 years since The Phantom Menace. They're getting ready to fight the Clone Wars, but they still are just so, so blinded to it. And, you know, we kind of see Mace be kind of stern and, you know, bedside manner not so good too. Anakin and Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and, and the Phantom Menace. But we see that right away in this one as well. His first mm-hmm. scene is they're trying to figure out who tried to assassinate Padme. And Padme comes in and she's like, I think it was Count Dooku. Like, I'm pretty sure it was Count Dooku. And Mace Windu just like totally dismisses her and is like, no. He's like, he could never do that. He, you know, he used to be a Jedi, right? Like, Jedi could never do that. It's like, come on, man. Like, come on. That's all, that's all you want to say. But he just, that scene is like, when I say that Mace Windu is a jerk, that's what I'm talking about. Like that is, he's just, he's just so smug about it too. For real. And I think that that's become like with this research, it's kind of become my headcanon that like the reason that he is so easily and deeply blinded to this is because he, I feel like maybe he relies really heavily on the force in his lightsaber battling and his like like in so many areas that maybe he relies so heavily on it that at the minute that it started to get foggy it just like threw him off his game like right away that's kind of the, the headcanon that has been growing for me you know yeah no that totally makes sense i think mm-hmm. that you know it's like the the bigger the force user on the light side, like the less you're going to see of the dark side like that. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Cause he is just, they're, they're just completely blinded by it. And they're just playing into Palpatine's game. Like he's right in front of them, you know, mm-hmm. and they're, they're taking the bait constantly with Palpatine. Like yeah. at the very beginning, Palpatine's the one that suggests because he knows how Anakin feels about Padme. He suggests that someone close, someone that knows Padme should protect her. And he knows that they're going to be like, oh, Obi-Wan could do it. And like Mace Windu is just like, oh, Obi-Wan could do it. Like, let's send him. And and then later, Obi-Wan says that he doesn't think Anakin is ready because they're basically like, okay, um, Anakin's going to have to go do this on his own. Obi-Wan's like, mm. I don't think this is a good 
idea. And Mace and Yoda are like, yeah, you think that he's the chosen one, right? Like he's fine. He'll, he'll be fine. So they like play into Palpatine's game right from the get go. And they're just like, yeah, send him off with, you know, this lovely Senator ex queen that he's grown up like loving, you know, they're like, that's fine. Yeah. And then even, even then they realize Mason Yoda realized that their power in the force has diminished or they're, you know, I think they say, yeah, their ability to use the force has diminished. And Mace Windu's like, we should, we should tell the Senate because we can't do our jobs. And Yoda's like, we can't tell the Senate because then everybody will know that we can't mm-hmm. do it. And then we're vulnerable. So they're in this like kind of catch 22. Cause like Mace is correct. Like they don't know what's up. They can't figure it out, right. but they can't tell anybody. They can't tell anybody else to, because then they are super vulnerable. So it's, I don't know. I, it made me understand Mace Windu a little bit more and that like they're in a really tough spot. Like they can't, they That's really, they, they just can't tell anyone. So yeah, that's really true. Blind we are. If creation of this clone army, we could not see. I think it is time we informed the Senate that our ability to use the Force is diminished. Only the Dark Lord of the Sith knows of our weakness. If informed, the Senate is, multiply our adversaries' will. And he's he is also, throughout the movie, really consistent in how overly stern he is with Anakin uh, when Obi-Wan needs help on Geonosis he tells him to stay out of it and to stay with Padme uh, that's that like direct parallel to Qui-Gon yelling at Anakin in the Phantom Menace to stay put which is very true to stay with the ship right so yeah so he's he's definitely like very not I don't want to use the word skeptical but I think he's like hesitant to give Anakin any like big responsibility because I think that he can, he knows that I think maybe it's all rooted in the fact that Anakin was so old at the time of his training. And I think that because Mace is like this consummate Jedi, who's um, really tied to, I think like tradition and like the way that he was trained. I think that the age that Anakin was when he started his training has like made Mace hesitant to trust him from the get-go and all throughout the time that we know them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think Anakin ever really had a shot with Mace. I think that, yeah, from the very from the very beginning, Mace was just like, I, I don't trust this. I don't think he's the chosen one. Like, from the beginning, you know, kind of, he probably didn't want to be wrong either when right? at the very beginning, like, we're not going to train him. He's too old. And then they do anyways. And now he just does not want to trust him at all. And this is a, constant thing from the phantom menace all the way to the end of mace's story as well yeah i don't trust him with all due respect master is he not the chosen one is he not to destroy the sith and bring balance to the force so the prophecy says a prophecy that miss reg could have been one of the scenes that I really love, it's such a small scene, but it's that scene where Jar Jar makes the vote to give Palpatine the emergency powers. Mm. And it's such a small scene, but him and Yoda are there in the Senate. They watch this happen. And it it really reminds me of the end of this movie where Bell Organa has that great little shot where he like punches his fist down and he's like, like this is 
this isn't good, you know? Yeah. And this is kind of the same thing with Mason Yoda in the Senate where it's, again, they don't have any other option at this point. They, they're they not soldiers. They don't have a grand army like this, mm-hmm. but they also need the army to win. So it's, I don't know, the whole them getting control of the clone thing, like, yeah, it was a bad idea. They knew it was a bad idea. They knew that having all these clones for battle was a terrible thing to do. And mm-hmm. obviously they were skeptical of it because of the whole Sifo Diaz thing, which like, they know it was wrong. They know something's up, but at the same time, they have to use the army or else mm-hmm. they're screwed. Yeah, that's true. And I think especially because of that, like fog that's been over them with the force and that their ability to use it has diminished. I feel like that just made them even more likely to, to kind of surrender to that and to use the clones for, for what they could. And that, I mean, is probably part of Palpatine's thing in the first place, big galaxy brain palp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a good way to put it, man. He's the worst. (laughs) It is done then. I will take what Jedi we have left and go to Geonosis and help Obi-Wan. So let's move on to the best part of this movie, especially for Mace Windu, probably the best part of this movie. The ending with Yoda and and everyone is really good too, but the Geonosis battle scene, this is Mace's time to shine. When he walks in to the arena behind Dooku and Jango and just like struts up, he walks up slowly behind Dooku and he's just like, this party's over. It's just Ugh. the coolest. Mo- this is the coolest thing. It might be the coolest moment in any Star Wars movie. Like it's <laughs> up there. I honestly, I'm thinking I might get like a custom shirt made for celebration that just has a picture of Mace and says this party's over on it. Like that. It's just so good. <laughs> it is the way he just like struts up behind him. And Samuel L. Jackson is so good in this scene. We take him for granted. I've already said it a hundred <laughs> times in this episode, but he is so good. And then the, they get the super battle droids out and they come after him. So he has to make this huge force jump, which I love force jumps. I've talked about that a lot, but I don't know why. Like that's my thing. I love huge force jumps. He jumps all the way down to the bottom of the, of the arena floor. And again, that's another thing we see a lot in the clone wars and we see him using these big powers, but like, this is one of his biggest moves. And then mm-hmm. he goes down kind of like you talked about earlier with his lightsaber style, where it's just, flawless it's effortless where he has a really cool move it's really short but the droids behind him are shooting at him and he's like running the other way and he just like turns around barely just does a little whip of the lightsaber takes out the droid and it's just yes. the coolest ever. yeah it's and so then good. we get the showdown with Django fit yeah and it's really not much of a showdown i mean it's like it i think that it's it's funny because i think maybe it was meant to be a bit of a callback to Boba Fett going down really easily. I mean, maybe that's just me putting that out there, but I think that I mean, in the Mace is one of the best Jedi's that's ever Jedi'd, and then Jango's like, you know, he's a he's good at what he does, but there's there was no there was no shot for him really, you know. No. So he he clearly like cleanly slices. Django's head off and Boba Fett sees it and that is his uh yeah villain origin story in a big way <laughs> yeah so we can thank Mace Windu for 
the book of Boba Fett and what we're going to so right. <laughs> man, that started it all for, for a Boba, little Boba Fett. But yeah, it, that, that was, it's so good. Uh, Jango Fett barely gets any like shots out or anything. It's like, you, you can't mess with Mace Windu like one-on-one there's, there's no shot at all. And yeah, he takes him down just as easily as Boba Fett was taken down and return of the Jedi for sure. And it's, it's interesting to, con- to compare Jango's battle with Obi-Wan on Kamino where it was, you know, it was kind yeah. of evenly matched ish. And then compared to Mace, who was just like, yeah, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not even yeah. matched. <laughs> just going to cut no. your head off now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good contrast for sure. Where yeah. Right. Mace went, man, just the best with a lightsaber. And then like I talked about earlier as Anakin and Obi-Wan and Yoda. And, and at the time of the, like, Whenever I watch this movie, I'm so into like, oh my, Yoda's getting ready to fight Dooku. Like, this is going to be so cool. Mm-hmm. I forget that Mace Windu is still there. And like, they come in, they're like, hey, you have five battalions that are ready for you. And there's this really, another really little moment that is just brilliantly acted by Samuel L. Jackson, where the clone comes up, says, we have these five battalions ready for you, where he just like takes a little bit of a breath. And like, he, again, he knows it's wrong, but he knows he has no choice. Like, he's like, yeah, I, like, I have to do this. Like, I'm going to do this. I have to do it. And then he just, he leads them into battle and yeah, Samuel L. Jackson, just, just so good. For real. Yeah. It's like that of just having to adapt to the new situation, which is, I think, uh, a big like an an underrated Jedi skill is just like being able to adapt to whatever situation is is happening next and it's like well I guess this is it now you know yeah I guess I'm I'm gonna lead all these clones and like like you said they're they're not soldiers you know he's not a soldier he's not a war general necessarily they they know Mm -hmm. good tactics and stuff but now he is you know all of a sudden so yeah yeah. (sighs) so good for real Master Windu. How pleasant of you to join us. This party's over. Okay, so we get done with Attack of the Clones, and now we're going to go into the Clone Wars animated series. Like we talked about, T.C. Carson, amazing job. Mace Windu plays a very big part in the Clone Wars. We're not going to talk about every single arc that Mace Windu is in, because like I said, we can't really cover 46 uh, episodes here in a two or two and a half hour show, whatever this is going to end up being. And so we're just going to touch on a couple points. The first thing is that Mace Windu is in the Clone Wars movie from 2008. And it is also Samuel L. Jackson in the Clone Wars film, as we said earlier. So it's a small role, maybe one scene-ish. And much like in Attack of the Clones, he's talked into having Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, lead the mission to find Rod of the Hutt. So it's kind of just like an appearance but he's not doing too much in the Clone Wars film. Uh, And then moving on was the original Clone Wars series, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, coming to Disney Plus in just a few weeks, which I'm very excited because I've only seen bits and pieces. I've never really gotten to see it. And I'm hoping that like the quality is like pretty good and I'm just going to binge it. It's going to be great. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, so in the Tart- Tartakovsky Clone Wars, there's a good amount of Mace Windu in there. It's a lot of the force jumping, which we just talked about from the uh, Genosis fight. Uh, it's pretty similar to that, which is really cool. Like the way that they they made that style kind of carry over. 
And uh, this is when the voice in animation becomes T.C. Carson. And it definitely just like carried over really, really well, I thought, as we said before. And uh, one thing that I saw, uh, a clip I saw, which again came to me from Sean Macri, shout out to Sean, was there's a there's a shot where uh, Grievous is like about to get on a ship and then Mace like gets to him and Grievous like turns around with the sabers and then um, and Mace Windu kind of like force chokes him in a way, but it like ends up crushing his ribs kind of and then he does that like cough and uh at first I was like is that how he gets the cough and that's like but it it looks like in in canon that doesn't seem to be the case it's like the reason that he has the cough as far as we know is because of some type of implant whatever he's got going on you know there's a lot there but it's just a really interesting little bit in this Clone Wars episode between Mace and Grievous, which I think just like adds a little bit more to in Revenge of the Sith when he talks about Grievous a little bit and like all that stuff. It's just a cool little tidbit to look for if you end up binging the series when it's on Disney+. Plus. I love that when we meet Grievous, he has this weird, loud cough and we don't know, know. is he a droid? Is he a human? Like what? Like, is he a mix? What is he? he yeah, why is this droid coughing? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like at the time, like you think that he's just a droid, you know. Until later, you mm-hmm. kind of see his heart and like his eyes and stuff. But yeah, uh, it's so good. And the one scene, and I put it out on Instagram, just asking people their favorite Mace Windu moments. And mm-hmm. one of the ones that came up a couple times was the scene in the Tartakovsky series where he takes down like hundreds of droids without his lightsaber, and he's literally like punching droids he's force jumping all crazy he's like taking them down with the force it's such a cool move and the animation is is just awesome and yeah i'm ready to watch i'm ready to watch it on my like big tv and not just like on youtube on my computer on my phone or anything i'm I'm ready to see that for sure so it's really cool yeah that's awesome So let's move into the Clone Wars, which is 100% canon. Uh, mm-hmm. Clone Wars Tartakovsky, I think, is is kind of maybe a mix. It's kind of a certain point of view type of thing because there's some things that yeah. don't really line up. But the Tartakovsky series is, is so cool. So yeah, definitely check that out when it comes out. In the Clone Wars, we get to see Mace in action a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. But we also get to see a little bit, like I talked about earlier, his personality. We get to see him actually smile here and there. We get to see him like kind of make some dry, like really, you know, small jokes here and there. And he's really still throughout the Clone Wars animation. He's still like the best commander. He's still the best lightsaber wielder. Like that doesn't change. Yes, Anakin and Obi Wan are our main characters in Ahsoka, um, and they're awesome. But like when it comes to Mace Windu, nobody touches his skill. It's just like he's it, and and he shows yeah. that throughout the Clone Wars. And just a couple arcs that really stand out for sure. The first one is the liberation of Ryloth. So mm-hmm. this is where he works with Cham Sandula, which is, we know Hera's dad, Hera from Star Wars Rebels. And mm-hmm. they're going against the Separatists. And Mace comes in and basically bridges the gap between the Ryloth, like freedom fighters, which are le- led by Cham and 
the senator, which is Ornfrey Ta. And mm. she kind of plays diplomat a little bit. So we don't really see that a lot of Mace. And I thought it was just really interesting to go back and, and look at this where he comes in, he's the commander, but Chamsundula does not trust the Jedi at all. Like mm. he's got his own thing going on. The Republic did not back them up. They didn't help when the separatists attacked. And now the oh, Jedi yeah. are coming in, you know, to to help. And he's like, what are you doing? Like you could have helped us already and no one came and helped. And that's because their senator, you know, they didn't have good relations. So Mace comes in, brings them together, and really frees Ryloth from the separatists. And and like Mace Windu plays the biggest part, you know, Champs and Dua obviously does too. But seeing a little bit of a diplomat side was was really cool to see a mace yeah and i think that's a that's a part i saw that of his legacy because it looks like like after uh his death and everything that he was painted as being this like like part of like this gang that went to geonosis and thwarted and a scheduled assassination like whatever and um and that's like the the propaganda that was spread you know by the empire but on ryloth he was always no like they the history of him uh helping them was like really strong and i think there's a part in rebels where kanan is talking to hera's dad and um and mentions mace windu to him and they kind of talk about him a little bit and uh yeah, so that's an interesting arc because I think it added a lot to his legacy. Definitely. No, that's a good point. And I had forgot about that in Rebels. So yeah, definitely glad you brought that up. Because yeah, love to see Mace get the love because it was a big deal. I mean, he really, he freed the Twi'leks at this point. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was really good. Master Windu spoke highly of your heroics at the Battle of Lesu. Ah, Mace Windu. Hmm. Outnumbered a hundred to one. We charged across Lesu's energy bridge to certain doom. We would not be stopped. They named that attack in songs, the Hammer of Ryloth. The next one is Boba Fett's attempted assassination on Mace Windu. So Boba Fett, as we see in Attack of the Clones, he sees his dad killed by Mace Windu like it's nothing. And in his head, Mace is the biggest villain in the world. Like he, And so at that point, he basically decides... I'm going after Mace Windu. Like, I'm going to kill him. I'm getting revenge for my father. So he teams up with Aura Singh, Bosk, and Castus, and they mm-hmm. infiltrate a clone cadet academy. And they do this. They place a bomb in Mace's quarters, but Mace mm-hmm. gets out before it blows up. And then Boba Fett and his bounty hunter friends they go mm-hmm. and they try to take down the entire ship. And then this is where Anakin and mace and everyone is there and they have to kind of save the day like they do in every clone wars episode but the the thing that really stood out to me was anakin immediately is like we need to hunt boba fett down like we need to figure out who did this get that kid like we need to make this right and mace windu like reflects because they see a mandalorian helmet and like the rubbish as the ship is going down and it reminds mace oh yeah this kid saw me kill his dad. That's probably why he wanted to kill me. And he felt kind of bad, you know, like we see a little bit of empathy and, and we do like, we don't see empathy too much. Like in the movies, like I said, in the clone wars, we get to see that a little bit. And he has that for Boba Fett. And he's like, just let it go. We're going to let it go. We don't need to, he, he's hell bent on revenge. Like let him do that. Mm. He's going through it, you know? And then, but then like, 
Yeah. And then things take a turn though. And the bounty hunters or a seeing like sends a uh, message and they kill one of the clones. And after that, Mace is like, okay, like now we have to go get them because now they're, mm. you know, now they're like going the extra mile. And yeah, I was just, I don't know. I, I really, really like those episodes and yeah, kind of seeing a little bit of that empathy from Mace Windu. Yeah. That's cool. Whose helmet is that anyway? It belongs to a bounty hunter I killed on Geonosis by the name of Django Fett. You mean the clone template? Yes. Strangely enough, he had a son. Or at least a clone he regarded as a son. His name is Boba Fett. Another arc that I love of Mace Windu, and I'm so glad I went back and watched it because it's just so good, is he has two episodes that him and Jar Jar are BFFs. They go on this mission together and it is so interesting to see him play off Jar Jar for two full episodes. So the episode starts where there's a queen, Queen Julia needs help. This is so weird and it's so Clone Wars, but she needs help because some of the Degoyan masters on Bardota have gone missing. They have disappeared. They can't find them. She calls for help. She does not want the Jedi. She doesn't want clones. She wants Jar Jar Binks. Right away, we don't know why she wants Jar Jar Binks to come and save the day. (laughs) But then when we get there, we realize that she's in love with Jar Jar. They have a history. They kiss. Like She kisses him, and it's amazing that he's and she basically treats mace windu who's like we know he's like top jedi she treats him like get out of here like i don't trust you i don't trust a jedi i want jar jar to come and help me i don't need you mace windu jedi obviously we know she does need mace windu but she doesn't know that so the queen goes missing jar jar gets captured mace saves the day at the end of the first episode so he saves Mm -hmm. jar jar but the queen is still missing. So uh-huh. the next episode opens with them on a mission to go find the queen now. So they still haven't found the missing uh, Degoyan masters. So they're going and it opens up in the very first scene. It's maybe it's like a t- top moment, especially in Clone Wars. But after going back and watching, it just makes me happy. Jar Jar says to Mace, he says, we some make a bombad team master and Mace <laughs> and, and Mace responds with he smiles slightly after Jar Jar said that like he gives a little bit of a smirk and he's just like indeed and I'm just that's so awesome Jar Jar Beans wow. and Mace Windu teaming up to do this and so they go they go into this town to find the queen they have to go through they fight a bunch of these they're the Frangral cult and we don't really know what they're up to they know that there's some great mother that they're trying to sacrifice queen julia for and they're they've been collecting life force from the degoyan masters and so they're going through this town bad guys come out the cultists or whatever and jar jar and mace have to fight them and there's also these two giant monsters and i realize how bizarre this sounds if you've never seen these episodes or you've never watched the Clone wars <laughs> like these two giant monsters they come out one of them knocks mace windu down kind of doesn't knock him down but knocks his lightsaber out of his hand and so mm. they're both kind of struggling jar jar is fighting the cultists mace windu's fighting these monsters jar jar uses his tongue to pick up mace windu's lightsaber so he like sprawls it out picks it up with his tongue and then he's like master and mace and he spits it out <laughs> super hard at mace mace windu catches it takes out the monsters 
uh, Jar Jar kind of beats up the cultists. They go on their way. And then to make things even more bizarre, they get to this area where they, there's an orb, because of course, there's this giant orb with all the life force in it from the Degoyan masters. And they're going to sacrifice Queen Julia to the for the great mother and so they get her up there and we figure out the great mother is mother talzin from dathomir from the night sisters from all those arcs too she's there and they are sacrificing queen julia and they have this life force orb so they can give her all her power and so she can basically take over because she's not jedi she's not sith and so they have to save the day again. Mace Windu basically fights Mother Talzin with his lightsaber. And he's like, he's like, your magic isn't real. And he fights her off. Jar Jar saves the queen. Uh, Mace Windu defeats Mother Talzin. She disappears because of the orb is broken and the life force can go back to the Dugoyan masters. They, they have this big moment. They save the day. And the queen is riding with Jar Jar. And Mace Windu is on a separate one. They're on these big, like, horse-like animal creatures and they ride off into the sunset and it's just bizarre it's insane it's so clone wars and especially saying this out loud like i realize how crazy it is but it's such a good it's such a good two episodes if you have not watched those or if you haven't watched them in a while go watch them i think it's season six like episodes eight and nine right around there and they're so good i would love that as a live action oh my gosh yeah i would take that in a heartbeat for sure that would that would be amazing samuel L. jackson with with jar jar binks <laughs> buddy cop thing oh just so good binks. and then we get we did get mace last year in season seven a little bit not a lot again mm-hmm. My favorite moment, one of my favorite moments from the final season was him and Obi-Wan are there. I, I'm going to get the storyline wrong, but they're there. They're facing a bunch of droids. Mace Windu jumps oh, yeah. up and he like gives this very impassioned speech where he's like, I have taken down over a hundred thousand droids, you know, during the Clone Wars and this and this and this. And he gives this big speech in front of the droids. Like you might as well give up now. Like just yeah. Drop he's over. like, this is your. He's like, this is your last chance to drop your weapons and to be reprogrammed for a better use. And then the battle droids just like fire. Yeah. <laughs> and Obi Wan's like, well, yeah. Obi Wan's like, it was worth a shot. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. I yeah, I really appreciated that. that it was really me. good. <laughs> My name is General Mace Windu of the Jedi Order. At this point of the Clone War, I have dismantled and destroyed over 100,000 of you Type 1 battle droids. I'm giving you an opportunity to peacefully lay down your weapons so that you may be reprogrammed to serve a better purpose than spreading the mindless violence and chaos which you have inflicted upon the galaxy. Okay, so moving on to Mace Windu's last physical appearance is Revenge of the Sith. So can you give us a general overview of his role in Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. So I feel like his screen time in this movie probably falls somewhere in between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Like it's not quite as much as in Attack of the Clones, but it's more than in Phantom Menace. But uh, he's in a really interesting position in this movie. He's an antagonist to Anakin's story, but a protagonist for the Republic story. Uh, He still has that, like, you know, 
clashing with Anakin happening regularly. I feel like maybe, I mean, again, this is my head canon, but I feel like maybe it's just that he was sensing that coming from Anakin, like what was to come, but he couldn't quite because of the fog that was over them. Um, and they're like not really being able to access the force the way they usually do. He wasn't able to like really put the exact pieces together, but I feel like maybe he just like knew something was, was wrong. You know what I mean? But he has a lot of scenes with Anakin and they're, he's basically just annoying him and <laughs> shooting Anakin down every chance that he gets. Um, but he and Yoda also finally figure out that Palpatine is of the Sith variety. And uh, and it's not great, but <laughs> it doesn't end well for Mr. Windu. But w- what are uh, some of his most significant moments in episode three? So right at the beginning, he's already making Anakin mad. He's already pissing him <laughs> off. This is where Palpatine's like, you are going to be my representative on the Jedi Council. And Anakin's not even on the Jedi Council yet. And they walk in and Mace has the line, of course, of... You are on the council, but we do not grant, grant you the rank of master, which is such a like famous meme now. It's outrageous. That entire line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Anakin gives the outrageous, it's unfair. And, and then he says, take a seat, young Skywalker, which is another famous line of Mace where it's like, okay, Mace has had issues with Anakin mm-hmm. from the get-go. And mm-hmm. he has never been warm nice anything really to anakin he hasn't had to by any means he's a jedi master you know you don't you don't necessarily have to but man he just you think about all this and and then you think at the end of this movie it's like you kind of see what you know anakin's frustrations with mace windu because yeah. like, what do you think it is like why for me in my in my head canon it's because he could sense that something was going to happen or that something was off but like, so what, what do you think it was? Was it just that they were both like kind of too headstrong, that type of thing? Or I think that didn't help, especially with Anakin, <laughs> yeah. where if it was a different Jedi, I think they would have been like, okay, Master Windu, like I get it. But Anakin, you know how Anakin is, he's, he's not really going to take that. And especially after years of being told to take a seat or like, we're not going to train you. You're not the chosen one. This kind of stuff from Mace, mm-hmm. I think that it just built up. And it came to a boiling point for sure at the end of this movie that we'll talk about shortly. But another thing where he pisses off Anakin is (laughs) Anakin thinks he should be the one to go to Utapau because the Chancellor Palpatine is like, you should be the one to do it, to Mm. kill Grievous, to end this war. And Mace and Yoda do not trust him at all. And they're like, no, someone more experienced should go. Obi-Wan should go. So they send Obi-Wan. And do you think this was a good call? Because... For me, we've seen, and at the time in Revenge of the Sith, we hadn't seen Anakin fight in the Clone Wars, but after seeing the Clone Wars animated series, Anakin was ready. Like, he was a very good Jedi, you know, in at battle and things like that. I think he could have captured Grievous. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, when you think about it, it's like, maybe they, it was because they wanted to keep him where they could see him, you know, kind of. Like, but at the same time, it's like, wouldn't sending him away maybe be even better to get him further away from Palpatine? So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was the right choice, honestly. I mean, it's like if if he had sent if they had sent Anakin to face Grievous on Utapau, it's like what the heck would have happened? Like, yeah, that's a big I, what if. 
It is big time because right after that, when Obi-Wan does find him, then Mace Windu sends Anakin to Palpatine alone right there. So they don't trust Palpatine at all. They don't trust Anakin at all, but at the same time, they, and it's kind of one of those things with the clones where it's like, they don't really have a choice because Palpatine, like Anakin's Palpatine's choice. Like that's the mm-hmm. only Jedi he's going to talk to. So they kind of right. have to send him to Palpatine. And after all the distrust that Mace has, he still sends him to give the chancellor the report that Obi-Wan found Grievous. And he says he wants, he says that'll show Palpatine's true intentions after you talk to him, which mm. was true because they send Anakin and that's when Anakin realizes that Sidious is the Sith. Right. I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. And so Anakin goes back. He tells Mace and in between this is actually when we see him in the Clone Wars, where it's kind of that cool mashup where we have the live action that runs into the Clone Wars. And it's oh, that yeah. whole scene where, you know, he sends him off and everything. And then Anakin comes back. He tells Mace that Palpatine is a Sith. Mace again tells him to stay out of it. He's like, okay, thank you for your service. Get out of here. I got this. And Anakin's like, I should go. And he's like visibly upset, which of course he is because Mace has been doing this his entire life. and. Mm. So Mace finally says, and this is what gets him to trust Anakin. He says, if Palpatine truly is a Sith, then you will have gained my trust. Like after all this stuff that I have to go figure out this for myself. Like I, I trust him kind of, I'm going to go see if he is a Sith and if he is, then I'll trust you. So that's another word. It's like, oh man, Mace, like, was that the right thing to say in that moment? Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. That's tough. That's another big, what if it's like, yeah, the Mace Anakin relationship in this movie mm. is, is so like deep. It's a lot deeper than I thought. How mm. how how it goes and like the way that it ties in to the final battle, it it really comes to a head in a great way that I never appreciated before. Before like really digging into this, and yeah, again, so yeah, glad. same here. And then we get the final showdown. Mace comes in in the name of the Galactic Republic. You are under arrest. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic. You're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Not yet. And Palpatine easily kills Kit Fisto and the other Jedi. <laughs> and I still, my head cannon, I think there's something maybe in canon that when he does that spin move and it's that loud scream that it like disorients the Jedi or something. And that's mm-hmm. how he's so easily killed him. But Mace Windu in action is like just so good. And he defeats Palpatine in battle. Yeah. So going back to the, the lightsaber fighting style and how kind of interested I am in it. It's like that one moment where they're like him, Mace and, and Sidious, their, their sabers are clashed and they're really closed up and, and Mace's face kind of like almost looks distorted in a way. And, I'm sure I don't know that this was intentional in the moment. Revenge of the Sith is a real crazy movie, as we all know. So maybe it wasn't intentional, but my headcanon has kind of made it that because in his saber style, he is able to to kind of draw from the force of whoever he is battling. So I feel like that distorted face that we see in that close up is almost like him kind of 
really taking power from Palpatine because it almost looks kind of like Palpatine's distorted face and almost like he's because it's like I read about the style and it said it can if, if used in the right way it can almost be like the person that they're battling is going against themselves because their power is kind of being used against them so when I see his face in that close-up even though like because again it's Revenge of the Sith so there's some goofiness but like if you think of it in that way that it's like him taking Palpatine's power into himself it totally switches up how I see that fight you know that's a really good call and that is a very distinct look on Mace Windu's face that we haven't Mm -hmm. seen before and it's not that screaming face that we see from the toys but it's like that really super intense and yeah he does. He defeats Palpatine in lightsaber battle. Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of theories out there, of course, and especially with Palpatine. He's Palpatine's behind everything in the prequels. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has so much to do with everything. A lot of people think Palpatine lost the duel on purpose because he knew Anakin mm-hmm. was coming. He knew that this would be like Anakin's final thing. Do you think that Palpatine lost on purpose to Mace Windu, or do you think Mace Windu straight up beat him? Tricky. I I will refer to a video that one of my favorite Star Wars fan creators, Star Wars Explained, uh, made about this topic a few years back, where uh, Alex said that he doesn't think he doesn't th- he thinks that it was real that Mace did win, and I think part of that he said comes from it's un, it's so uncertain whether Palpatine was really able to know that Anakin was going to come that quickly. And because like, even though Sidious lost his saber out the window, like obviously he has that crazy lightning stuff. And like, don't we also know that he like has a second saber at some point in like Canon comics or something. So it's like, he might've had more tricks up his sleeve that the fight could have continued past that. So it's like, was it planned or was it just him going with the flow, you know, but uh, apparently in the revenge of the Sith commentary, George Lucas does say that Mace window overpowered Palpatine. So if you treat Lucas's word as, as bond, then that's that is what is said in that commentary i suppose um but i don't know i mean it's it's easy to look at it either way but i think just based on everything like that we've talked about with mace today it's like i don't know i think that maybe he could have done it what do you think yeah no i think mace defeated him for sure (laughs) i think i don't have any doubt like i and especially after going back and like looking at mace's story but yeah i think and i've always thought that i've always thought like Mace was that powerful and he took down Sidious. The thing that, you know, really interests me is when Palpatine is using his force lightning, Mace is blocking it back. It's, it's taking the power out of Sidious or it's, you know, it's distorting his face or whatever it is, but it's Palpatine has this thing where he, it seems like he can't just shut off his lightning once it's locked into something because it's such a weird thing and it's like such a small thing, but in this movie, he, he won't stop. He's, he's, you know, the power is reflecting back on him, but in return of the Jedi at the very end of return of the Jedi, when Darth Vader throws 
Palpatine down the shaft, he still has lightning coming out of his hands, which That's I always true. thought was weird. And then in The Rise of Skywalker, it's the same thing where it's like he doesn't stop shooting the lightning out of his hands, where it's like <laughs> Where it's like, he, it's not stopping. So it's like this constant thing where mm. I don't think he was necessarily doing that on purpose or he like, that was his last ditch effort to get Mace, but it just wasn't working and Mace was going to defeat him anyways. But yeah, I think Mace for sure defeated Palpatine. He was the superior Jedi over the Sith. I think one-on-one he, he would have taken him down for sure. Yeah, I'm on that side too, especially what we were just talking about, that he's able to harness the power of the person that's he's that's opposing him. So I think that I think that it he did the thing and then it just happened to be that Anakin came in just at the right time for Palpatine to, you know, do his thing. <laughs> yep. And then finally, like Mace is hundred percent correct. He's too dangerous to be left alive. And of course, Anakin thinks that he needs Palpatine to save mm-hmm. Padme. It's probably like 80% that and then 20% like, God, Mace, like you've been a jerk to me my entire life and I'm telling (laughs) you to stop, man, like just stop, you know, and he won't stop. And then he goes for the, for the kill and Anakin takes off his arm and we get Palpatine unlimited power and he throws Mace out the window. But seeing the story from Mace's point of view makes that Mm. moment even more powerful of Anakin's turn and it, Mm. you know his his death you know I, I don't know it just makes it that much more powerful after really spending time on mace and like really realizing who he is like he is that powerful um this is a big deal and i'm so glad that mace windu got such a bigger role um in attack of the clones and revenge of the sith because yeah phantom menace was very minor but he is a major player in the prequels yeah for sure and there is a really cool i mean we didn't mention this but like I don't want people to think that we like missed it because like I don't think we missed much, but like there is a series of five comics that was Jedi of the High Republic, Mace Windu, and uh, there I found when I was I, I have not read them. I will be honest, but I read about uh, one of the issues specifically that was it was so interesting to me because I think it mirrors this scene so well. There's a part in this comic where it's it's Mace Windu and as a um, as a training Jedi and then the Jedi master who taught him, they go to a planet to find this person who's been like impersonating a Jedi as like kind of like a scam artist and has been tricking the people on this planet. And they finally corner him or, or get to him. And Mace, as this like younger Jedi, wants to to kill him. But his Jedi master says that's a job for the courts. Like that's not up to us. That's up to the court. It's up to the law. So he, he doesn't kill him. And and it's like a, a learning moment for him. But I thought that it was such an interesting parallel that here he is about to kill Palpatine and Anakin is saying that's for the courts to decide. It's not for us to decide. So that's such an interesting parallel, especially because I think the kill that he wanted to make as a young Jedi against this like scam artist guy was an something for revenge, which is like, you know, something that a younger Jedi might do, but then to kill Palpatine was not really coming from a place of revenge. It was coming from like a place of like, this is probably the right thing to do, you know? And so that's just like a really interesting parallel between that comic issue talking about his uh, life as a young Jedi 
with these like final moments of his life. It was really interesting. Yeah, that's really good. And mm-hmm. it, Mace is just, he's so by the book, you know, the mm-hmm. whole time I see him, he's so by the Jedi code. He's so by all the rules and Anakin's not. Right. You know? And I think he learned that from his, his Jedi master. I can't, I can't recall her name. Forgive me, everyone. But um, I think he learned that from her in that moment that we see in that comic. And then through the rest of his training, like to go by the book and not to act on emotion in that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure. And then at the very end, we see that role flipped where he knows it's the right thing to do. And we've seen throughout Mace Windu cares about the Republic. He cares about people, maybe not on a, like me and you like personal, like, Hey, what are you yeah. doing after, after this? You want to get a drink? You know, like nothing like that. Yeah. But he cares, like he cared about the Twi'leks. He cared about Jar Jar Binks and the people from Bardota. And mm. he he cares throughout. He knows that's the only way, because if they do keep him alive, like it's the, it's over. And Anakin, he doesn't mm. want him to like the courts to decide. He wants to use Palpatine's power, you know, like he's in that moment, he's kind of just saying that. So, yeah, ah, tragic. It's tragic. I am going to end this once and for all. You can't. He must stand trial. He has control of the Senate and the courts. He's too dangerous to be left alive. A big question, is Mace Windu dead? <laughs> I'll uh, answer it first. I'll, I'll, he's, I think he totally first. is. And and I'm just going to skip ahead to the next movie that he's in, <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker, where he has the one line to Ray, feel the force flowing through you, Ray. But at that moment, yes, we don't know that if Ahsoka's dead, she has a voice in that too. Um, we She might still be alive at that time and maybe talking to Ray some weird way, who knows. But I do think that was the end of Mace's story. And I think that his death was so powerful, especially looking back on it throughout the movies. Like it, that was a really... Like if you're going to die and and uh, Samuel L. Jackson has said that in interviews, like, I don't want to go out like a chump. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm going to go out, like I want the most dramatic death and he got it. Like that is such a, just a great death for sure. Yeah. I think he's gotta, he's gotta be, he's gotta be dead. And, and I think I actually, again, I'm going to shout out Star Wars explained because I watched a video from a few years back where Alex talked about this and, and what he said that stuck with me was like, Mace Windu's death was very important in Anakin's story. You know what I mean? So it's like, and that was very, like a really big moment in like, there's really no way to turn back now. You know, it was that like big moment. And so it's like, if Mace isn't dead, then that would kind of lose a little bit of its meaning. And what, what Alex said was like, if you say that, like, obviously Darth Maul survived, many things we won't get into that but then if mace windu can survive a fall like that then for for god's sake han solo could have survived that and then it's like what what's the where do we draw the line so i mean all that aside i do think that he is gone i think that that was the end of his story um and i think that that there's still a lot more well, we'll get into this, I guess, but like, there's more f- that we could get from him, but before, like, I think that it's, it's over. Yeah. It's gotta yeah. be over. And I love, I love Samuel L. Jackson and I want him to work for, you know, much longer. I love him as an actor, but like, 
no, Mace Windu is not coming back. This party's right? over. Like, yeah. <laughs> this party <laughs> this party's over. Exactly. No, 100%. And yeah, it was so cool that, that he did come back to voice Mace Windu for The Rise of Skywalker. I'm glad that yeah. he was included in that. And, you know, if they were going to do that scene in The Rise of Skywalker, that um, he was he was one of the voices. And it's cool that he he talked to Ray, you know, and I, I think that's, um, I don't know. I just, I really liked that he was included and, and had a line, even if it was just one line still. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. I think so too. And especially like after all this stuff that we've talked about and his connection with the force for his line that he says to Ray to be, feel the force flowing through you, Ray, like after I, did like after we did this talk and like did this research to hear that that was the line that he said is like oh that hits a little different now i like that you know yeah literally feel the force like flowing through you like that was his yeah no for sure because um, he's like so connected to the force he's so like maybe more than anyone except maybe yoda you know so like for him to that to be his main piece of advice to give it's like i love that yeah, it's really great. Really uh powerful stuff from Mace Windu. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just so good. I'm glad we glad we dove into Mace. I, I have a newfound love for Mace. He's he's uh climbing the character rankings in my mind because yeah, he's just so good. And Samuel L. Jackson, uh T C Carson, like we take him for granted in this fandom. And wow, I'm I'm really yeah. glad we got to talk about them. Me too. So we both agree Mace Windu is dead, like 99.9% sure, right? Um, Yeah. Do you think we'll see him again in anything, whether it's pre, post, whatever? Do you think Mace Windu pops up somewhere? I mean, especially after this, you know, and thinking about it, like I would love a novel, like something about like going further into his time because like you know, how old is he in the Phantom Menace? And he had that whole life as a Jedi leaving, leading up to that when we first met him, like to dive into more of that time would be really fun. Like comics are one thing. And we do have that uh, five issue series that came out and everything, but I feel like a novel could be really cool. Maybe like a young adult novel would be really cool. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, like any character in Star Wars will probably get, he'll pop up somewhere, whether it's, you know, <laughs> he was in Master and Apprentice and Claudia Grace right. like, meant a couple things. But yeah, it would be cool to get more of his story from when he was younger. And can you imagine like a, and we're getting a thousand Disney Plus series right now, but can you imagine a young Mace Windu series, limited series, or, you know, like that would be really cool. I, th- I would be super interested in that. And yeah, something like that, or who knows? I mean, with the Obi-Wan series, everyone's talking about, oh, there's gonna be flashbacks. Maybe there's this and that. Who knows? He could pop up there in a flashback if there's a flashback to the Jedi Temple or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, I would love to see. And when TC Carson in one of his interviews, he was asked, are we going to see Mace Windu in the Bad Batch? Which of course, Bad Batch is after all this stuff. And he was like, "Uh, I don't know, but you know, uh, I hope so. Or something like that, which I think he's just like, I hope I get to do something with the Bad Batch, which he's been doing so much with the Clone Wars. And he did a lot of other voices in the Clone Wars too, where he might pop up uh, TC Carson, that voice actor. But yeah, I can't imagine again, unless there's flashbacks, which 
who knows at this point what's what's going to happen because yeah we've seen some crazy things yeah but now that you say like a limited series of young mace windu that just gave okay i'm going to pitch my series right now so (laughs) it would be like the young i don't know the young jedis or something and then do like one episode for a young kit fisto a young plo coon a young mace windu a young uh you know all of the those like prequel jedi council members like give us an episode each of them as like like young jedi adventurers <gasps> yeah i think we just i think just nailed it i think I we think. just nailed it. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna start writing and yep. uh, mm-hmm. we'll get we'll get somebody on the line and i know someone call dave i'll call <laughs> i'll call Filoni and somebody is listening to force time i'm 100 percent certain <laughs> yeah i would i think people would go absolutely bonkers for a series like that i think that cool. would, that would be um that would be incredible. I think people would lose their minds if, if that was something. Right. It wouldn't really have to be connected to anything. It could just be like totally standalone, almost like forces of destiny, but longer and like cooler and live actioner. And ooh. yeah, I would take it. Or even I'll... animated, even animated would be cool. Yeah. hundred percent. I, when that pops up, I'm going to, I'm going to start asking some questions about who heard, us pitch that right there i had the mace <laughs> menu, but you took it to that other level though of the of the, all of the jedi i like that though that would be good i'm gonna write about it in the zine so that it's published and there's yeah. a date on it that this was our idea <laughs> perfect that'll perfect. be included in show notes too just so it's documented just so we have it perfect <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up Chain Code Mace Windu. Thank you, Kara, for coming back on, for discussing Mace. This was so fun. I just love this character. I love Samuel L. Jackson, T.C. Carson. Wow. I'm just, I have a whole new love, a whole new appreciation for this character. And yeah, just so excited that we did it. Yeah, me too. We did it. Chain Code 2. That's right. Another one down. Now we got to figure out for our next character. Uh, we'll oh come up probably the next couple of weeks and no. we'll take a little breather from this one for, for a little bit, but yeah, thanks again for joining me. And can you yeah. tell the people what you got going on and where they can find you? Yes. So as always, I am Twitter free, but you can find me on Instagram. My username is into a larger world by Kara, Kara with a K and uh, I post my stuff. I'm making zines. I'm making art. And right now my shops are open. They are open until March 26th um, for this round. And 10% of the total proceeds from this round of my shops being open is going to be split and donated to the Marsha P. Johnson Foundation and Asian Americans Advancing Justice. Um, so definitely check out those two organizations, even if you don't want to buy anything. But if you do, that's the story. And yeah, March 26th. And then after that, my shops probably won't open again until the beginning of May for a certain day that we all know that happens in May. (laughs) And the April issue is on the way. And yeah, that's me. Awesome. Definitely subscribe to Karazine. 
check out her shop ASAP while it's still open. Of course, it'll open soon, but yes, definitely check those out. I'm going to put those two foundations also in the show notes for anyone that would like to make direct donations as well, because those are two very important organizations doing some very great work right now. So Kara, thank you for doing that as well. Thank you. You can find the show on Twitter, still there, at Force Time Pod. You can find us on Instagram, at Force Time Pod. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we are available everywhere to listen. Thanks again for coming with us for episode two of Chain Code. Mace Windu, we had so much fun. And until next time, may the Force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>